What is up, guys, and welcome to PBE Family Therapy. My name is Dr. K. And I am Blow Pop. We are here with our 11th episode of our series. We are halfway through season 24, or about mm-hmm. to be, I guess, after tomorrow's games, but yep, whatever. Yeah, pretty pretty exciting. We're uh, we're plugging our way through the season today. We're going to talk about uh, the standings. Look at both the majors and the minors. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to check in after those standings have been revealed on the bets that I suggested. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're going to make some mad money. We're going to look at some stat leaders, uh, and then look at our players who, after Sunday's update, will be maxed in the minors. Got that 350 TPE cap locked down. Mm-hmm. We don't have to think for the next three months. <laughs> we just have to earn. I was going to make a joke about like, I'm so happy. I don't have to do any like point tasks or anything for like the next three and a half oh. months. How great and is just, that? <laughs> and just spook your Vandals GMs. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to AJ and the new Vandals co-GM. Shout out to Sam26. Congrats, dude. Sam26, I believe, is a fairly new-ish member of the community in terms of, you know, being compared to other GMs. Mm -hmm. But everyone speaks super highly of him. Um, My interactions that I had with him on the Rookie channel have all been positive. And I know he has to be a well-liked individual because for like a week, there were probably seven different people (laughs) on the Rookie channel that all changed their nickname to be a variation of Sam26. And I feel like people don't do that to you if they hate you right yeah i totally agree i uh, the thing that i find hilarious is i met him like right when we joined on the rookie discord and now i happen to be on his team and he also is on the pbe rewind team so like i jumped into that and i was like Uh hey sam's here too (laughs) so he and i are just hanging out all of the times sounds like nepotism to me but okay so well we'll just slide right on by that into The standings, taking a look at the Major League standings in the Eastern Division. The Aviators, still with a three-game lead, sitting at 30-15, and continuing their dominance. Right behind them, though, the New Orleans Rougarous have bounced back into form. They are up to 27-18, and got themselves a nice little 60% win clip. Uh, They had a bit of a slow start, but the early season is always a small sample size so you kind of got to wait for things to pan out on their own and in their last 10 they've gone 8 and 2 so that's a huge yeah. reason why they have bumped on up to having such a clean record that we kind of expected them to have mm-hmm. and then uh perhaps a surprise to some but not to you blow pop you definitely called for this uh, indianapolis apex having probably one of their better seasons in their team's history sitting at 25 and 20 only 5 games back from the aviators Right. So this is, I believe, their fourth season in existence. Mm -hmm. And I think someone said that each season they have won more games than the previous season so far. Yeah, it looks like it. Or something like that. Uh, Yep. So 34 and 74, then 37, 71. And then the schedule expanded. Oh, no. Okay, never mind. Ignore that bit. But then 45 and 63. And they're on pace to not only do better than 45 and 63, but they're on pace to just flat out have a winning record. Yeah, so. which would be really exciting for, you know, for that uh, for that franchise to finally break into the positives. And that, that's really how an expansion franchise should look. Start off pretty poor because you're an expansion franchise and then slowly mm-hmm. build your way up. Um, so props to the Apex for putting together a better team each year. You're right. And the, I would say Indy is probably 
growing at a faster than expected pace and mm-hmm. Kashima is growing at a slower than expected pace, but mm-hmm. I did some looking into it and Kashima has kind of been hosed. Like yeah. a lot of the people that they draft just go inactive. Hmm. So they've, I don't know if the people go inactive because they get drafted by Kashima. Sure. But Kashima seems to just be unlucky with who they acquire and they, sure. they haven't had a whole lot pan out. So that's a huge bummer. And that's another reason why I think Michael Knight Rider is such a big pickup from them. Because yeah. if LBG goes inactive, something happened. Yeah. <laughs> the league might just dissolve at that point. Right. Yeah. Or there's like an apocalypse, like in real life. Like everyone's actually dead. Yeah, like a worldwide plague or something. Yeah, or pandemic, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anywho, uh, jumping back to the Eastern Division, the remaining four teams in order are the Sarasota Supernovas, 21 and 24, mm-hmm. the New York Voyagers, 19 and 26, the Cancun Toros, 16 oh. and 29, kind of surprising people just by not being in last place with the hard rebuild they're going for. Right. And the Providence Crabs at 15 and 30, mm-hmm. picking up the last place slot. Yep. Uh, jumping over to the Western Division, a very tight race and a highly entertaining one, if I may say so. Uh, leading the the West is the Nashville Stars, sitting at 27 and 18. But right on their tails is the Death, Val- Death Valley Scorpions, only one game back. And tied with them is the Vancouver Vandals, also only one game back. Right. And one thing that I have noticed about the Vandals uh, that you probably have as well Mm because vandals are your future team and Mm -hmm. vandals are currently doing well in large part to homura fuji yeah for a rookie especially is putting up some pretty uh rather impressive numbers yeah i sit now like 86 era yeah something like that and i think he's undefeated right well or well i mean only credited with wins so far, I guess, is probably the correct way to say it. Yeah, he's got one win and zero losses, but he's got six saves, which is pretty good. Okay, yeah, and he was like the save king last year for the Dillos, which is why he got minor league reliever of the year, and it seems like he's holding that same momentum going into uh, his major league debut. Uh, another Vandal worth talking about is a soon-to-be retiree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, Colby Kid, Colby Kid um, has had an awesome Vandals career. Has been a cool guy in the locker room. I'm really bummed that he is retiring before I got to get up there and pitch alongside him. But one of the cooler storylines is Colby Kid um, for the like last half of his career has kind of been the closer, and Omur Fuji is definitely like the heir apparent. So it's it's kind of a cool they get to pitch together for one season. You know, Kid handing it off to the quote unquote new kid in the locker room, Fuji. Um, and, you know, those kind of storylines are the things that I love about uh, simulation leagues. It's really fun to fun to see that kind of uh, extra baseball thing, you know, something outside of just baseball. It's passing it on to the next guy. So, yeah, super, yeah, super cool sure. storyline. But uh, jumping back to the West, sitting in a surprising fourth place, the San Antonio Sloths uh, with 24 and 21. There are only three games back, though, of the Stars. Um, so maybe a little bit of underperformance thus far for the sloths, but uh, easily within striking range still. Right. Uh, the Detroit Demons are also tied with the sloths. The sloths have a slight momentum advantage going mm-hmm. six and four in their last 10 games, and the Demons are an even five and five. So it's not like the Demons are slumping hard or anything right. like that. Right. 
Then we have Boise Raptors taking up the sixth slot and Kashima Fox is taking up the seventh slot. Interesting to note that the last place team in each division mm-hmm. has the same record. That's right. We've got a race for the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. As of yeah. now, at least. Yeah. Um, and just looking at how many games behind everybody is, mm-hmm. it's very clear that the West is much tighter. And yes. I would say to some extent more interesting yes. because of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to see how the, uh, the playoff picture though, a little ways away still see how it continues to, uh, to sharpen up and uh, crystallize here so we can see what kind of playoffs we're going to have. Yeah. And not only the playoffs, but also just the ordering of the seeds, because mm-hmm. right now I'm pretty sure I'm getting like one TPE or something. Right. <laughs> We were just talking about this off air, how like the season's predictions has to be like the most difficult thing. It feels like a pretty much just a crapshoot of we'll see. What right. Happens. Yeah. And someone someone who apparently usually does well on these was mm-hmm. talking to me a couple weeks ago before the yeah. season started. Obviously, and you're like, yeah, this is clearly like the easiest one that I've ever witnessed. Yeah. And I was like. I don't know if your list has anything correct as yeah. of uh, nearly the end of week two. Like we got, are, I've got Kashima. I that's true. But, I think that's, that's the it, only one that I have correct. I almost went Nashville first. You uh, should have. I I have Wait. them second. So if the sloths can take first place, that'll mm-hmm. be super nice for me. Yep. Or if anybody can take first place, then Nashville yep. will at least get me something. But there's there's a lot of potential for a lot of wrong answers yes. this season. Yeah, the at least the the nice thing is I at least for me, I input my season predictions. I completely forget about them. I don't even review them when the season's over. I just say, hey, I got two points. Awesome. So I don't have to like relive how horrible my picks were. <laughs> right. You know, it's like for for real, you know, sports casters or whatever, they'll have like some buffoon on Twitter, like retweet their old tweets or post like yeah. haha you idiot you thought this yeah nobody's doing that for us so which i assume is why all of the predictions that are made whether it's weekly prime times or playoffs or seasons uh-huh. why they don't have them be displayed yeah. but at the same time it's kind of annoying because the only way that you and i can know what we're predicting mm-hmm. is by having just like this google doc that you and i share right. on the file folder for all of our podcast stuff right and in terms of weekly predictions just on a game by game basis you and i are doing okay week one i got three points you got four points yep uh week two we are both guaranteed to have two points if the raptors win we're both guaranteed to have three points if the raptors lose one of us will have three points and then one of us probably will have two points but you Mm. don't actually remember who you bet on (laughs) for the scorpions rigorous game so like (laughs) case so, in point i mean yeah in whoops so uh yeah so for dr k's prediction column we have rugerus but then just a bunch of question marks yes, after i think so we'll we'll see if i got it correct or not but yeah whatever we'll make it all up as we go uh moving on to the miners uh standings uh first place in not only the west but in the league we've got as expected the san bernardino 66ers sitting at 35 and 11 a 76 percent win percentage right and the crazy thing is um my dillos are in second place in the league mm-hmm. not just the division and we're still seven games behind them yeah. so once again san bernardino is showing that they are if nothing else, the regular season Kings. Yes. Uh, yeah. 
Dan King in the Dillo's locker room said it looks like the 66ers want a rematch <laughs> or want a repeat or something like that. So uh, it's pretty good. Uh, King wants to throw some hands. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I know a lot of uh, I heard a lot of chit chat saying that San Bernardino was not going to fall off a cliff, but definitely regress from last year uh, just with players being called up and stuff. But they have definitely proven that wrong and have continued an incredibly in, impressive clip. Uh, even so, like every team other than, you know, the two new expansion teams, mm-hmm. every team lost people. Yes. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, uh, f- uh, let's see. For the rest of the West Division, we've got the Hepcats sitting at 26 and 20, nine games behind San Bernardino. Um, a very respectable year for them coming off of a uh, not as great year last year. Uh, Wheelers are sitting at 24 and 22. They're 11 games back in the expansion. And Brew City Bears sitting at 16 and 30, and they are 19 games back of the 66ers. Right. Interesting to note that in the West, the fourth place out of five mm-hmm. still has a winning record, and they're 11 yep. games behind. So the West has just been leeching games away yeah. from the East this entire time. But in the East, your Dallas Dynamos have regressed back to the norm a little mm-hmm. bit and are sitting tied for first place with the Chicago Kingpin. So I'm sure that's got to feel a yeah. little bit better than your start. Yes, yeah. The whole team has kind of turned it around, um, especially the last two Sims. We've just started to see our offense wake up. We had an absolute murdering of the Mounties. I think we put up like oh, 35 yeah. points in two games. Yeah, uh, the Mounties had bad. a three-game stretch where I think the aggregate score was something along the lines of about 50 to 8. Yeah, so not good. <laughs> it was and really it, bad. Football score. And it, it was it was a bad football score, too. Yeah, yeah. But um, so so because you and I are cousins, uh, your your dynamos have welcomed me to your locker room with, yep. I'm sure, like severely limited access, I, I have to assume. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm I'm in the channel as a friend of the team, mm-hmm. and when L uh, when LBG posted the sixteen <laughs> two win over Mounties, seventeen seven win over Mounties, I said, Jesus, what did the Mounties ever do to you guys? And yep. Simo said, draft my wife. <laughs> so uh, I guess shout out to M Faith slash Tex Walker yeah. for being on the team that got absolutely blasted by the Dynamos <laughs> twice in a row. Oh man. Yeah, I laughed also, pretty hard on that one. Yeah. It's pretty good. Also, shout out to M Faith and Madman 13 for yep. a quality podcast. Uh, I believe it's called Women in PBE. Yep. Yep. I listened to the first uh first episode of Drive Back from the Cities the other day. Very quality podcast. If you guys haven't heard it, go check it out. And uh, one thing that I like I flat out sent to M Faith was mm-hmm. it was like really fun to listen to you guys talk. Nice to have your perspective. Full honesty, it's also just nice to listen to another podcast that has high quality audio. <laughs> like nice microphones, well mixed. Yeah. All that stuff. All that stuff for sure. Um one thing that I think is really funny and also pretty well, pretty awful, looking at the East Division here, is that the Dynamos are tied for the lead with twenty four and twenty two, and they are tied with the Wheelers, who are in fourth place in the other division. Right, yeah. Between the Ouch. Dynamos and the Kingpins, mm-hmm. one of them right now, I mean, apparently it's you guys, you have the tiebreaker, whatever mm-hmm. the tiebreaker is. Right. But then the Kingpins just barely make the playoffs. Right. And that's with an expanded, I think, 16 playoff now. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, the East kind of picks it up. But at this point, we're looking pretty pathetic compared to the West. Um, like we'd mentioned, Dynamo's Kingpins tied at 24 and 22. Um, in a, a surprise, the Louisville Lemurs are sitting at third in the division, only four games back from the lead at 20 and 26. Fantastic inaugural season for them. Um, and then bringing up the rear, we've got the Swift Steeds at 18 and 28 and the Mounties uh, 15 and 31. Right. I saw a lot of jokes in uh, Twitch chat over the <laughs> last two days as the Mounties took their lumps and someone else's lumps yeah. and everyone else's lumps that it was like, Hey, it's not bad for an expansion team. Yeah. Womp womp. <laughs> Which um, is a bummer. They were, weren't they pretty solid last year? Am I misremembering? So last year, last year they were a really interesting team because they had obviously Tex Walker, who mm-hmm. was the MVP once again, M faith, yeah. uh, doing things over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had Jack Rolo, who was, I think ah. pitcher of the year. So they had, they had something along the lines of like, three silver sluggers the pitcher of the year Mm -hmm. the mvp and like two gold gloves yeah and didn't make the playoffs that's right it looks like they ended at 48 and 60 yeah so i don't know if it was just like the team was really top heavy or something Mm. but it was uh it it was one of those things where when i looked back on everything and saw the stats that some of the mounties were putting up i was like wow how did they not make the postseason right that's super interesting. Uh, so kind of a bummer that they're bringing up the, the backside of the lead, but that, you know, that is a okay. Um, shall we jump into a check-in with our blow pops, best bets? Sure. Uh, so after we've just heard all of these standings, uh, the betting in general looks solid. Mm-hmm. The four that I recommended we put money on. Yep. Are the aviators hitting the over, the crabs hitting the under, the vandals hitting the over, and the mounties hitting the under? Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that is still looking fine. Good. None of them have flipped the wrong direction yet or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And if we take a look at the improvement needed or disimprovement, whatever the word sure. is, allowed yep. or whatever, um, aviators have definitely slid towards flipping uh they Mm -hmm. used to they used to need a 58 percent win record from the rest of the season at the time of posting the bets Mm -hmm. uh from here on out they need a 60 percent win record which isn't much different sure but the difference comes from the fact that they used to have an 85 percent win rate and now Mm -hmm. they have a 66.7 percent win rate so they had a fairly rough last four streams. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but but they're still on the right side of where mm-hmm. they need to be. So if they just keep winning at a decent clip, it's mm-hmm. fine. Like if they keep winning at the pace they have been winning this far in the season, yeah. then that bet will still hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Crabs started four and 16 when we mm-hmm. placed the bet for the under. Now they are 15 and 30. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Much like the Aviators, they are still on the correct side of the bet that we want them to be. They have just slid more towards the middle. Yep. They are currently at a 33% win rate, and they need a 44% win rate, which is interesting because when we placed the bet, they were at a 20% win rate and needed a 44% win rate. So if they Mm -hmm. keep doing what they did this last week, then they'll be like right on the dot to flip, potentially. For sure. Uh but who knows what will happen. Right. 
Vandals were 13 and 7 at the time of posting and needed to go at least 40% from here on out. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of now, they are 26 and 19, and they need to go 36.5% from here on out. So they nice. actually made ground. Yep. Uh, That's super is, good to see. Yeah. Nice. And nice for our, my team. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's a non zero part of it. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, and then the Mounties that we just talked about started yep. six and 15. And at the mm-hmm. point where we placed the bets, they needed to go 45% for the rest of the season uh, with their slump this last week. They are now 15 and 30 mm-hmm. and need to go 48% for the rest of the season. So sure. their win record from here on out is steeper than what it was a week ago. So the four bets that we've made, all of them are still currently correct. Yep. There are just two that are less confident than they were. Right. But still on the uh, right side. Still on the right side of things. So it's it's okay. Uh, and then out of the six bets that I said were okay to do as freeze, mm-hmm. uh, the Rougarous used to be, what was this? They used to be uh, 13.6% underperforming, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. Now they're only 2%. Sure. So. Uh, that's that's part of why I did not want to bet on them is I mm-hmm. was expecting the Rougarous and the Scorpions to both flip at some point. I just thought they were coming off of slow starts. Yeah. Uh, and then speaking of the Scorpions, they've kind of followed suit. They haven't quite won at the same pace as the Rougarous, but they're only one game behind them, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, once again, they needed a 13.6% improvement, and now they only need a 6% improvement. So they're mm-hmm. also making pace to flip. Yep. The Voyagers were another option mm-hmm. of betting the under. And they're actually, if I take a peek here, it looks like the Voyagers under is currently the strongest bet overall. Hmm, interesting. They started 10 and 10 and mm-hmm. needed to get to 63 games, which means they needed to go 60% for the rest of the season. Mm. And they, since then, have gone 9 and 16. Yeah. So they need a 70% win rate from here on out. So uh, anybody who did Voyagers under is probably pretty happy with that so far. Yeah, they would basically need to do better than the Aviators have been doing for the rest of the season, right? To to get to that. Yeah, yeah. from here on out, they need to do better than the best team has done thus far. So yeah. that's a tall order. That'd be a huge turnaround. Uh, the free one that I took... Mm-hmm. was the San Bernardino 66ers. As did I. They started nice. They started 16 and 5 and they needed a 64% win rate for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. They are now 35 and 11, so they had an even better second chunk and they need a 60% win rate from here on out. So they've put a little bit of distance between them and the bet. So they're looking uh favorable for us. Yeah. And then the other two options that we could have bet on or that I said I might have bet on are the Dillos hitting the over. They started 13 and eight and needed to go 49.4% for the rest of the year. They are now 28 and 18 and need to go 45% for the rest of the mm-hmm. year. So that's more improvement. If you bet Dillos over, it's looking good. Yep. And then the final one are your Dallas Dynamos Woo-hoo! where they started 9 and 12 and needed to go 56% for the rest of the way. I said that it was okay to put a free bet on them to hit the over, or sorry, to hit the under. 
Uh, as of now, they are 24 and 22, which is a 52% win rate overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they need a 55% win rate for the rest of the season. So they're only about 3% behind as of now. Uh, but if you just look at the last week of games, mm-hmm. that pace of winning is probably enough to flip them to the over. So that sure. looks like that might not be a successful bet for anybody who did Dynamo's under. Yep. So long story short, the four money bets that Dr. K and I put down mm-hmm. are currently in our favor. And the one free bet is currently in our favor. I would not be surprised if we end up losing the aviators bet Mm -hmm. and potentially the crabs bet as well. Maybe, but I'm, I think the crabs bet is probably a a bit safer. Yeah. Just, uh, even like removing myself from the numbers, just kind of anecdotally looking at it. It's like, yeah, I would feel fine about the crabs staying under probably, but you never know. That's the that's why we place bets and why it's interesting is we'll see who who can turn it around and who falls from glory and, and all that fun stuff. Right. And just because my spreadsheet got us to max earnings last season doesn't mean mm-hmm. that I'm expecting it to do it every time. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you and I go three for four and then get the free bet, that's still, I think, oh, one point yeah. five in profit. So I'm all about it. Something. Yeah, we definitely acknowledge that uh, placing bets here is indeed betting. And believe it or not, when you gamble, there's a good percentage chance that you lose. <laughs> yes, which is why it's fun. Yeah, exactly. And it's there's why a- uh, the casinos have really big, nice chandeliers. Right. It's like there's an episode of The Twilight Zone where a thief and a scoundrel, he dies. And as he wakes up he realizes he's in some form of afterlife and there's a man in a nice white suit who tells him that he made it to heaven and he can Mm -hmm. do whatever he wants so the man goes to the casino and gambles and he finds himself to always win Mm. and he says this is getting a little boring Mm -hmm. maybe i'd like to go to the other place and the man in the white suit says you already are in the other place dun 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 You know what's really hilarious? I was just watching Futurama before we started recording, and that literal thing happened in the last episode I watched. <laughs> it was a reference to the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Which episode was it? I've seen all of them. Uh, let's see. Like, what was the overall plot of the episode? That's what I'm trying to remember what the overall plot was. But it it was like a, a one of those thought bubble things where it's like some random guy who's like, yeah, it, exactly what you just said. He thinks he's he's in the afterlife and he is always winning and it's he's like oh i'm always winning this is the worst anyways but really funny that that was that you brought that up the exact same day that i happened to watch that exact episode (laughs) we're connected that's right best friends uh let's jump into some uh, league leader statistics how's that sound Sure. You want to start with uh, major league batters again yeah i think that's a good spot to start uh we have a new a new leader for batting average in red arrow. Is he a rookie? No, he's not even close to a rookie. Ignore the fact that I said that. Uh, I think red arrow not. is, I think red arrow is a player, uh, like a GM player. I think, ah, I got you. Maybe that's where I see. I have seen his name somewhere. And for some reason I thought rookie very much, not a rookie, very sorry, red arrow, but he is leading the league uh, with 321 batting average, which is really nice. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing, just when kind of glancing over over this uh, you know this spread out of sixteen, 
players is that we really have like three players who are all over the place. So we've got Red Arrow with batting average hits uh, and caught stealing, unfortunately. <laughs> I didn't and realize that. Bobby, and then Bobby McDonald with home runs and yep. slugging and OPS, but not OBP, oddly. OBP goes to mm. Stan Antonio. You would imagine leading OPS while leading slugging. Well, I guess that builds in some leeway that you don't have mm-hmm. to lead OBP. Right. Uh, but then because he's leading in slugging and OPS, then that makes sense that he also leads in total bases. Exactly. And we also have uh, the first baseman for the Rougarous, Gustav Beauregard, leading the league in war runs and triples, interestingly enough. Leading triples is always fun. Leading in war is always good. And my initial reaction to seeing Gustav Beauregard is really hating that face, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he looks like he would tell you you're pretty while holding a knife. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. It is a uh, pretty horrifying face, Jen. <laughs> hey, kids, you want to see some baseball? <laughs> oh, my word. But uh, fun to see some kind of different names up here. I mean, we've seen like last, well, really since we've started the show, we've seen a lot of Stan Antonio. We've seen a lot of Holden mm-hmm. Fart, um, but kind of fun to see Bobby McDonald, Red Arrow, and Gustav Beauregard kind of jumping into some of the leaders. Right, and I think Bobby has been sprinkled in every once in a while, but mm-hmm. Red Arrow and Gustav are definitely names that we're not used to seeing on these cards. So yeah, yeah. like you said, it's 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 fun to have some variety. We do have a couple of holding the fart on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one, at least on this first page of stats that you have pulled up, we have Dan Halen from Outer Banks being yeah. the only really vibrant color. Otherwise, yeah. we have a lot of a lot of black and brown and the purple is kind of muted as well. It's not yep. like neon or anything. Right. So, so Dan Halen leading in doubles and big Chungus leading in strikeouts. Yeah. Uh, really, really pop on the screen for me. It's really nice color. And I hope everyone take, can take a second and really enjoy the color analysis that will really help, you know, help really understand the statistics. If there is a correlation, it's important to find out yep. what it is. <laughs> Spoiler alert. There is not. Well, maybe <laughs> uh, on the opposite side of things, the pitching leaders is very vibrant. Like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, not super surprising. Almost all of it is orange because yeah. OBX stocked up on pitchers, yeah, making this uh, big World Series push that they're going for. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have Walker Cato, who's been super consistent and mm-hmm. is therefore leading in a ton of stats. Yeah. They picked up Justin Ripsbod. Uh, they have Jose 43. Mm-hmm. I think that was also a pickup in either a trade or free agency. Yep. Uh, Farron Bincaden. But a lot of these orange ones are actually not a ton of them. Only two of these orange ones belong to Detroit. So uh, Outer Banks is clearly dominating the pitcher game yeah. just based on the league leaders, at least. Yes. So Walker Cato is probably pretty thoroughly in the front running position for pitcher of the year. Yeah. I don't know if they call it Cy Young here or what, but I think it's just pitcher of the year. Okay. Um, but yes, I think so. He's leading the league in, let's see, wins, innings pitched, complete games, shutouts, uh, strikeouts per walk, and uh, as a control pitcher, one of my favorites, walks per nine, which is only one. <laughs> right, yeah. And he's got uh, a whip of 0. .75. Yeah, 
as a starter, that's just bonkers. Like, I can't even believe it. A .203 BABIP. If you hit the ball against Walker Cato, you are barely edging yep. out the Mendoza line. Yeah, and to put that in context, if you hit the if you hit the ball against Tosin, you are like basically fitty fitty whether or not you're going to get on first base or farther. You are, you are one Mendoza line <laughs> above the Mendoza line. Yes, it is literally a double Mendoza line. That's the the Giuseppe Tosin line, which is not a good line, <laughs> unfortunately. And you know, one thing that we haven't done that I want us to do, yeah, because it's important. Gosh darn it. Yep. Let's take a look at the fielding leaders. All right. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Look at that 1,000 for fielding percentage for at least seven individuals. Yeah, so as right. soon as those people start getting a couple of errors, then we'll have a little bit more interesting statistics coming up here. For sure. But uh, Dan Halen from Outer Banks is interesting because you don't usually see I, I assume dan halen i'm gonna check is he a catcher oh yeah yes. it says next to him yeah usually you don't see a catcher with total chances mm. but what this implies is for total chances there have been an abnormally large amount of strikeouts coming mm. from outer banks because he's just sure. been catching strike three over and over and over again for sure usually total chances goes to like a middle infielder or yeah, something shortstop like or yeah Right. Sure. So he's got 512 total chances. 474 of them are putouts, and the vast majority of those putouts are just going to be uh, catching strike three. Right. Unless there's like, you know, 90 degree up pop ups or something yeah. like that. Yep. I also love my my favorite thing here, and it's not necessarily a good thing, but I I think there's something really poetic about the errors leader being a first name uh, first baseman by the name of Big Chungus. Yeah. Listen, he's got one job, and yeah. it's not to catch the ball. No, 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 no. It's to hit the ball, probably over the fence. He will relocate the ball into a different zip code. Yeah. When I, you pitch to Big Chungus, you are required to put appropriate postage on the ball first. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, looking at his stats, he's already he already has a 72 home run power, which is pretty awesome. Um, interestingly, his first base rating is actually pretty decent at 71. Does do these ratings only account for fielding stats, or does this also talk about like if if there's two first basemen and one of them has and they have identical fielding stats, mm -hmm. but one of them has terrible batting, do they get a lower first base rating? You know? Oh, uh, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure the position ratings is just the defensive side of things. Okay. From what I understand. All right, but so I think, uh, and I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure Big Chungus is a rookie. So shall click on the name and check. I think there was a big chungus in the yeah. minors last year. Yeah, you got it. He was on Chicago for he was in the minors for four. Well, three years plus post trade deadline. It looks like. Okay. Um, do, do, do. Yep. So this is indeed rookie year and right. not not doing super hot sitting below the Mendoza line and has seven home runs so far, which is nice. But yeah, but you're supposed to suck if you're a rookie. That's right. He's got time. You got time, big chungus. That's yeah, fine. It'll be fine. Plus, I mean, at the halfway point, nine errors, well, halfway-ish. We'll just assume he gets one error on Saturday. Sure. That's on pace for 20 in a season, which is yeah, 
I mean, it's not good, obviously, but it's not like awful. Right. It's not like 50. I, if it was 50, it would be a problem. I do like the, uh, I like the fact that the efficiency stat is just completely thrown out of whack by pitchers because they have like one opportunity for every five <laughs> games to make a play. And if they make that play, it's just like, oh, you're the best fielder in the majors. I guess you have a 2.66 efficiency. Because <laughs> you got that ground ball that one time. Right. But I would like to point out uh, in that number seven slot there, uh-huh. Jaeger Philly fan with a 1.117 efficiency. Yeah. Jaeger Philly fan is a maxed fielding magician build. So that mm. right there is potentially some future wallaby action. Yeah, I, I would subscribe for that. Oh, yeah. That sounds pretty good. Uh, should we move on to some minor league stuff? Minor league sure. batting, perhaps? Sure thing. Awesome. Um, leading the league in a number of categories is an incredibly named left fielder for the Mounties, uh, Anita Fartinghouse, who is on fire. Yeah, and obviously we're biased towards Anita Fartinghouse because fart is in the name, and that's yep. great. Uh, we are men after but, all. Yeah. yeah. I, a good quote I heard was, you don't have to be smart to laugh at a fart, but you have to be dumb not to. I can't argue with that logic. But yeah, like you said, Anita is leading in three pretty good categories to lead yeah. in, and that would be average and hits and runs. So Anita's getting herself on base plenty, mm. and the rest of the Mounties are helping get her home. Yep, which is uh, pretty awesome. We also have a couple of miles ahead. Again, fantastic name. Well done, people. Uh, leading the league in home runs, slugging percentage, and total bases, which makes sense. All of those are kind of, you know tied into each other but right and therefore yeah and therefore he also leads in ops plus but that's basically the same stat a second time so like whatever uh and unsurprisingly also leading in extra base hits and isolated power but again that's kind of the same stat expressed in different ways sort of yeah so whatever at the very least they're related he hits with power basically right uh one interesting stat that i do want to point out uh Mm -hmm. if you scroll down a little bit Yep. on your screen would be the sacrifice hits out of the top six mm. of them. Four <laughs> of them are Dillos. Interesting. Uh, so the Including Hickams. Are, yeah, I am on the list. It's just like super weird because I have 40 in bunting because that's the minimum for magician archetype. Right. And I'm not putting any points into it. Maybe ever. Sure. I don't know, but it's just, it's bizarre that we have so much bunting. Um, yeah. That is super interesting. Yeah. And makes me remember you and I were talking uh, off air about the fact that you have something like four sacrifice bunts that have been successful. If I remember correctly, if you want to keep talking about the, the batting, uh, I can look at sortable stats and see if I can figure out if that's actually like who's leading the league in the very important sacrifice bunt stat. Well, I think sack hit is sack bunt. Oh, really? Do you don't, I'm or, wondering if it, uh, say I, I, like a specific I, thing for sack bunts well, versus flies. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. No well, some other interesting names that we've seen pop up before are Giannis Krustis. I believe that is your right field. Yes, That's it is right. your right fielder. Krustis for uh, MVP. He and Jody Quinn are both cranking out 42 RBIs, which is kind of funny because he and Jody Quinn were the two that were, uh, you know, butting heads over 
the gold glove last year, or That's I guess right. it weren't necessarily butting heads. It was more Jody Quinn butting his head because he wanted it a right. lot. <laughs> uh, but Giannis ended up keeping the gold glove for himself. So he's leading in RBIs. He's also leading for Woba, which again, I don't really know what that is, but that's fine. Weighted on base percentage uh, or weighted, weighted on base average. Right. But like, what is it? <laughs> I think it weights like situations or something. Okay. It would be my assumption. Okay. Well, he's also leading in OPS. So to some extent, OPS is kind of the, Who's the best batter? Sort of. Yeah, it's a good summary. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's odd. He leads in OPS with nine ninety three, and Miles Ahead is second in OPS with nine eighty seven. But Miles Ahead is first in OPS plus. Hmm. That's very interesting. I don't know if there's different weights depending on how your OPS is built. Like miles ahead has a slightly better batting average hmm. and a slightly worse OPS, but a slightly better slugging. Maybe they like heavily weight slugging for OPS plus or something like that. I don't know. It's possible. We also have a couple of uh, spots where Eagle eyes shows up. He's gotten on base with walks a ton, which have led to him having the highest on base percentage with a four, four, one OBP, which is crazy. Uh, I mean, he's got 35 walks so far in the season, which is nine higher than the next. That's absolutely absurd and pretty stinking awesome for him. I was uh, a quick update was not able to find the sacrifice buns specifically only sacrifice hits, which we already talked about. So that's fine. Whatever. Um, let's see the, uh, I also super interesting. I'm not sure what this, uh, what this means here, but we have Davis Campbell, um, for the Dillos leading in doubles and he's listed as a shortstop. Is he starting somewhere else on the field? Uh, he might be a DH. I guess I could or just something. Look. Yeah. What, what does his fielding stats say? I'll just look at the lineup. Um, While you snoop around, I will also give a shout out to a rookie player, Sender Klukas, because mm-hmm. he uh, is tied for leading the minors in stolen bases. So nice. that's pretty cool. I think that makes sense. Like, I think his player render is like Trey Turner or something like that. Sure. So makes sense that he's going for a speedy boy build. Yeah. Looks like uh, Davis Campbell plays left field for you guys. Okay. So just an interesting note, just uh, only because you are the shortstop for the team. So I was curious. Right. And that is where I will live until I called up. Should we move over to pitching so that we can see none of Tosin in any (laughs) of these things? (laughs) If we reverse the sorting, we would. Well, that's very true. Also, before I like step in too big of a hole, I'm just perusing some of the bad ones to see if my name pops up anywhere. I'm not seeing anything thus far, which is good. That means I'm not in the top seven, but I'm also not in the bottom seven. Right. The only one that I could see you being in would be maybe hits allowed because. Yes, I do give up. You give up like two and a half or three hits for every run or something like 
Yeah. You, you're very hit generous, but they don't necessarily earn a ton of runs after your right. first two terrible games. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But anyways, enough about my player. Uh, jumping into some of the top pitchers in the league, we have uh, Nate Washington, the third of the Mounties, leading the league in ERA, which kind of harkens back to our discussion like 20 minutes ago about how interesting of a team the Mounties are. We've got uh, right. cause batting leaders. We have the league leader, Anita Fartinghouse. We also have the leader in ERA, who's a starting pitcher, um, which is super interesting. Right, and they have Matty DeFerrari, who yeah. went first round, and he's leading the league in strikeouts per walk. Yep. And they have Tom Riddle still, who's, I guess, on the leaderboard for some wrong reasons. Yeah, <laughs> I, was I almost brought that up, and I was like, yeah, he's leading the league in losses, walks, and home runs against. Okay, that's not a good point. That's the opposite of this point. But maybe that does bring up and support uh, have some supporting evidence for the fact that uh, they're a pretty top-heavy team. They've got some really, really solid top-end talent, but then they also have some some lower-end talent that kind of bring it down to the mean. Right. But even Nate Washington, I'm pretty sure, is a rookie. So, like, mm. they're, they're, they're getting stuff. They're getting new yeah. talent. They're acquiring people. I think they just have really it, it might even just boil down to like really weird sim stuff where half yeah. the people do good and half the people are just ball and chain yeah yeah absolutely we also have some uh unsurprisingly here some pretty solid 66er pitchers bill the hill leading in wins mm. pointless stat and innings pitch which is not a pointless stat um and we also have the war and strikeouts leader dirk diglett uh yep. too so and uh they also at the very bottom of the list have Robert Grimes leading in quality starts, whatever mm. the heck that means. Uh, it's six innings with uh, three or less runs given up. Yes, that is probably important then. Yeah, it's. It, I'm not sure how they came to that specific um, number, but it's like six innings makes sense. You want to go six innings because then, you know, you have two setup guys and a closer or some. Thing like that um but the three inning uh, three runs given up i'm not sure where that uh that necessarily comes from but might just be as boring as one run every two innings yeah something like that something uh also good to see my former teammate on here ruth heater ginsburg still leading the league in some uh some really dominant categories like the fact that she has 11.7 strikeouts per nine and a two four five fip is uh is pretty awesome so keep being uh, dominant right and that 11.7 strikeouts per nine is mm -hmm. really important because second place has 8.6 yeah yeah to put it in like a perhaps a more tangible metric um she's striking out 32.6 percent of her batters faced so basically one out of three essentially she's striking out which is pretty awesome and in the last game that I saw between Dillos and Bears, yeah. that was the, uh, one of the live stream games yesterday. Mm -hmm. I did not strike out against her. Nice. Did you did you ground out or did I fly out? Flew out. Much better. Much much better. <laughs> so you know, it's not bumping her stats as directly, right? <laughs> it's just somewhat directly. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, should we move to your favorite thing? The fielding leaders? Yes. Uh, so fielding, again, there's going to be a lot of people with uh, one dots for fielding percentage and yeah. 
to be perfectly honest, a lot of it has to do with pitchers and outfielders because mm. you're just not going to get as many opportunities for errors because A, you're just not going to get as many opportunities. Yep, yep. And B, it's a little harder to get an error as an outfielder because you have time to react to everything. Yeah. And uh, especially for, fly, for like fly balls, mm-hmm. just catch it. That's your job. Right. Like, right. So uh, that makes sense. We have uh, some Mike Boss Jr. on here with some range, total chances, and double plays. And that doesn't make yeah. too much of a splash in the pond either. You know, he's a yeah. first baseman, he's going to get a lot of opportunities to close out some stuff. Yeah. But again, yeah. it's interesting that the leader in double plays is on Kingston. And that says two things. One, Mike Boss Jr. is doing things. He's putting in the work. Awesome. But two, it says that the Kingston Mounties are getting in double play position a lot. So they're just getting a lot of people on first base, which goes against what we saw earlier with them having pretty good pitching. So they're just a very strange team to try to look at. Yeah. Totally agree. Very interesting statistically to try and figure out what is going on. Right. And uh, now that I have, you know, gotten my fill of looking at fielding stats this week, Mm -hmm. like it makes sense that we don't every week because fielding stats are so positionally dependent. Yes. Yeah. But pitching stats, everybody's a pitcher. So like it's going to be inherently fair and batting stats, everybody's a batter. So it's inherently fair. Right. You know, now that I've uh, filled my quota, scratched that itch, and I've looked at the fielding stats, uh, we we don't have to do that again. Because, yeah. again, a pitcher leads in efficiency when, like, right. Ruth Heater Ginsburg probably has had, like, one opportunity, and because she did it correctly, right. congratulations, you win. Gold star. Good job. Yeah. Uh, sweet. So... Moving on to our next topic here, super exciting uh, for you and I. After Sunday, we are going to be capped at the 350 TPE. It has been a, uh, not that long of a road, but uh, definitely been one where we've been max earning since we joined the league around the beginning of the year in real life. And we have hit the milestone of being capped in the minors. Yeah, so it's it's really fun to know that we've put in the work and we've hit the threshold where we're going to be as good as we're going to be Yep, for the, uh, for the miners at the same time. It's kind of lame that we've hit the point where we're going to be as good as we're going to be for the miners. (laughs) Cause we suck. (laughs) Well, varying levels of, of suck. Right. So it's, it's, it's fun. It's rewarding. You know, now it's like, okay, we are, we are good in the minors because we can't get better and no one else can either. So at worst case in TPE totals, we are tied. So it comes down to how do we distribute the TPE? Yes. And then what does the SIM feel like giving us on any given day? Um, Yeah. Yep. It's true. Once we, once we get to the max in the minors, which again, this doesn't happen in the majors. So it's a pretty uniquely minors thing where we are done spending TPE. So really, if if the league were all 350 TPE players, which they are obviously not, but if they were, the only thing that would really separate them is the build, specifically. How did you decide to allocate your TPE uh, to hopefully make the best player you can? Right, and then there's obviously you know some random chance that the Sim is going to put out, and by some right. I mean quite a lot of random chance that the Sim is going to put out 
but then your performance would also be varied by those surrounding you. Like right. Right now, for example, I am a or well, in two days, I will mm-hmm. be arguably in terms of TPE distribution, the best fielder shortstop in the league. Right. In the minors. In the minors. Yep. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily guarantee that I'm going to do well because the second baseman that I have, uh, he's been focusing on batting and he's a rookie. Sure. So, you know, there's a little bit of, I don't want to say I'm pulling his weight because he's doing fine. Right, right. But if I had hypothetically another magician as my second base, Mm -hmm. my stats would be higher because stuff like zone rating, there's some overlap where both shortstop and second base or both shortstop and third base are able to get a certain ball that's hit there. Yep. So whenever there's a ball hit towards, you know, third ish, short ish, that window, it's more likely that Steve Rogers is going to get it because he's a max TPE player. And there's also just a smaller chunk of real estate to have to watch between second or between shortstop and third base. Right. So there, there's, are definitely some other components that can affect your that can affect your performance. Um, yep. I mean, I'm sure your pitching stats vary wildly depending on which archetype you're pitching against. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I I also think that uh, well, all of this can really be summed up by this fact that while baseball has a lot of one-on-one quote-unquote individual sport type aspects to it, it ultimately is a team game. Um, you know, and looking at, for instance, Tosin, who has not been doing super, super well pitching, if you kind of do a deeper dive into the statistics, you can see that the defense hasn't helped him out a lot, um, and has kind of inflated my ERA a little bit, but that's honestly what I love about baseball is that you look at, you know, if, if you just look at stats, like at face value, you, you can like get kind of a picture of what's going on, but the more and more you dive into kind of these more advanced saber metrics, taking in all of these different aspects, you can realize that either your initial thought was correct or perhaps skewed in certain ways because you didn't consider other, other elements. Right. And some of the coolest stuff in baseball comes from stuff that shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like this last week, I'm sure a ton of people in the PBE saw uh, in the spring training game for the Mets, mm-hmm. Guillerme had a 22 pitch at bat. Yeah, which is hilarious. And he just had to dink off, you know, like 17 foul balls or right. something. And it ended with a walk, which was just the most hilarious way to end that. <laughs> oh, I, I, I disagree. I think it's, I think that's the coolest way to end. Yeah. I, I think it's like, Guillerme's patience and his ability to find contact. Yeah. Eventually, because if you keep hitting and hitting and hitting, he's just like staying alive until sure. he beat the pitcher by attrition. That's true. Whereas, and yeah. whereas if he gets hit, like if he gets a hit and he gets on base through contact of the bat, it's like, well, why didn't you do that with any of the other 17 swings sure. that you had or something? It's more of a mental victory than a physical one. Yeah. And it's like, he had like a little bit of a bat flip when the walk hit too. I would have absolutely <laughs> flipped the bat on that walk. That's right. Let's go. <laughs> Protect this house. Oh, that's right. That's awesome. Um, 
Sweet. Well, do we do you want to talk a little bit about your build at 350 TPE, kind of what you chose to do, what you were going for? I mean, if anyone's listening to this podcast, they they kind of know the gist of what we have been going for in general, but maybe yeah, some I of the think more it's still gritty stuff. Yeah, a good way to kind of flesh out the idea that I had. So, yeah. obviously as a magician, I'm not going to have super prominent batting stats. Right. In this last update cycle, I got my power left and right up to 47 each. Mm -hmm. But then I did a bunch of testing in OOTP this last week, and I saw enough of a rise in my fielding stats by shifting both powers down to 45 and shifting my fielding range up to 70. Mm. I I saw enough improvement in the field that I was okay with what I lost with the bat. Sure. Um, so what I ended up doing is I have my final build. Uh, I, I have no difference between left and right, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to talk about that. So I have 50 in BABIP, mm-hmm. uh, 50 in avoid strikeouts, 40 in gap, 45 in power, 40 in eye patience for mm-hmm. my batting. Yep. And then, okay, and then also like 40 in bunting, but whatever. Yeah. Then for just like the athleticism stats in my head, that's kind of how I describe these two. Sure. I have 45 in speed and 40 in stealing ability. 40 in stealing ability is the minimum. I would, okay. right now, if I could have less, I probably would. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm okay with having it. Yeah. Uh, and then the big ones for me are the four fielding stats. Yep. Right now, I have 70 fielding range, 55 fielding error, 40 fielding arm, and 50 turn double play. So nice. I'll probably have a little bit of a drop in my batting from here on out just because I'm going from 47 power to 45 power, mm-hmm. but like not a ton. Sure. Um, and in in the testing that I did, I finished out the current season and then had an entire complete season at 350 TPE with that build. Mm -hmm. And I like the stats for the most part. Um, So over a 10-season aggregate simulation, Mm -hmm. uh, I averaged, oddly enough, I did not average 108 games. I averaged Hmm. 108.1 games because (laughs) in the seventh season that I simulated, uh, we had a tiebreaker where we had to do a uh, a game before the playoffs. Nice. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but even even with siphoning a little bit of batting prowess out of my power, I still average going third in the lineup, which I assume is probably about where I'm going to be next year mm-hmm. and where I currently am for the rest of this year, so whatever. Yep. Uh, in a full season, I average 121 and a half hits, mm-hmm. which is a lot better than last year. Oh, like yeah. Last year, I think I had 75 or something. 76. Yep. 76. Ugh. Ouch. Uh, I average 17 and a half doubles, which mm-hmm. I definitely did not do last year. I think I had 10 or something. or 11. Yep. You okay. were one, one shy of each of these predictions so far. This is good. And then so far this year, I only have four, and I'm on pace for apparently, according to the game, it's like nine or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, although that's, I think the reason that that happened is because I've hit a disproportionately high amount of home runs until now. Sure. So that should even out a little yep. bit over time. 
Uh, so I, yeah, I'll get like 17 or 18 doubles. Uh, I get about three triples a year with this build. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 home runs a year with this build. 54 RBIs. RBIs are a little bit team dependent though. Right. Uh, 57 runs. Runs are also a little bit team dependent. The only one, the only way that you can guarantee RBIs or runs is by just going yard, mm-hmm. uh, which I won't do very often. Right. Uh, 34 walks, which is pretty on pace with what I'm doing now, and I think is pretty on pace with what I did last season. So walks aren't changing all that much. Right. Um. I apparently I'm supposed to get hit by pitch four times a year. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I guess that's fun or whatever. Uh, not really something that was on my radar, but whatever. But is quite delightful and enjoyable. Yeah, it's still, it has I mean, been hey, it's on base percentage, so good enough. We'll take uh, it. I'm supposed to average about 63 strikeouts per year, which mm-hmm. is a little bit better than what I've been on pace for this year. Yeah. And it is definitely better than Ooh, what yeah. I got last year. I think I hit 104 or something. Yeah, you got it. And you're on pace right now for 80. Which is still a little high for my taste, but at yep. least it's double digits. Good improvement. Um, right. Uh, and then my 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 split stats here. Mm-hmm. The expected average with a full season of this build is uh, two seventy five, and I'm not on pace to do that now. Yep. Just because day one was really lucky for me, and then day two yeah. and three were both really not. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I'll probably average out and level out at like 255 or 260 mm-hmm. or something like that this year. Yeah. Uh, on base percentage of 331, slugging of 397. So my OPS would be 727. Uh, BABIP of 300. My OPS plus would be 97. And I am absolutely okay with being a marginally worse than average batter. Yeah. Um, and would be awesome. this, all of this would lead towards a war that hovers around two and a half. And right now I'm on pace to be close to that. I'm projected to be 2.2. So mm-hmm. this season won't be too far off in that category. Nice. Uh, but the big thing is the fielding numbers really jump up. Yeah. Um, so right now I have like a 1.022 efficiency or something like that. Mm-hmm. And on average, with the build that I have, a full season will give me a 1.04. Okay. And my zone rating right now is something like plus two, almost on the dot, I think, or something like that. Sure. So on pace for like a plus four point something. And a full season with this field-heavy build that I have will give me on average a 5.62. Nice. So all things considered... This build, in terms of TPE distribution, mm-hmm. should make me the best fielding shortstop in the league. I will definitely be on the back half of batting shortstops, especially mm-hmm. as other shortstops continue to gain TPE. Because like right now, Kylie and Ray is and has been the best fielding shortstop because he started the season capped. Right. So that's going to be the advantage that I have next year. But then next year, there's going to be people like me this year catch up. It'll just take a little bit. Circle of life. Right. So all things considered, I am fairly pleased with how my season has performed this year. Mm -hmm. And the TPE distributions that I have should allow me next year to have basically what I want my player to do. And that is probably be 
the best fielder at his position mm-hmm. and almost assuredly be a little bit worse than average at batting. Right. Right. But hey, if you end with a 99 OPS plus like you currently have right now, like couldn't ask for anything better than that. That's really yeah, like if if I ever hit average or above, that's absolutely a net plus for me. Like yeah, huge that, one. that shouldn't happen. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. And there's a a different scale between how you distribute TPE between batters and pitchers because batters just have more total skills to invest in. So I'm sure your numbers are going to sound different than mine just because I have to assume instead of hovering around a lot of 50s and 45s with a couple of 60s and 70s, Mm -hmm. you're probably hovering around 60s and 55s or something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, the we've talked a lot about this, and I, I think it would be really interesting to do like a full-on statistical analysis of like the amount of TPE that you need to invest and all these all those different things. Because, like you mentioned, you guys do have more categories you need to invest in, uh, whereas I have less. But then we also have the pitchers that is have to, you know, spend a lot of TPE to bring up velocity, and we have to spend a lot of TPE to add more pitches, stuff like that. So there's some balancing factors, but it would be very interesting to see like full-on in-depth dive into the into what numbers are are required right i think the big balance factor is that whole ability to buy a new pitch type and then invest in that pitch type yes yeah for sure because i'm pretty sure buying a new pitch is 30 tpe um i thought it was 50 you're right it is 50 50 tpe for a new pitch and then 50 tpe for another new pitch if you would like and then velocity is 30 tpe per mile per hour tick upwards so, OK, that does add up to a lot. But um, so my my 350 build, um, as I've talked about on here, I've got a control archetype um, and also with new and refinished yes, pitch selections. That's right. With actually having the correct pitches now, which is great. Um, so I, basically, I'm sitting at 55 movements for both left and right. Um, this is after Sunday's so, uh, thing, so this is not in the game right now. But uh, 55 for both movement. I've got 60 control versus lefties and 61 for righties, only because I had an awkward 4 TPE left over. Mm. I'm sitting at 60 stamina and 40 hold runners. My new and improved killer pitch is my circle change, which will be all the way up to 71 which will be awesome. Uh, my slider will be sitting at 56 and I've got a cutter at 50. Um, so now when you say your pitch is going to be up to 71, yep. Is the scale the same? Like any of my stats, the, the only one that maxes out above 90 is fielding range at 95. And then I know a couple of other batting archetypes, like the freak, mm-hmm. they have up to 100 power and i think that's their only 100 and that might be the only thing above 90 what are sure. what are like the maximum thresholds for your stuffs sure so i have uh let's see the maximum control is 95 and then my first pitch which is a circle change has a max of 95 okay and then i've got a max of 85 movement max of 75 stamina a pretty hilarious max of 85 hold runners i wonder if anyone has actually maxed that out uh <laughs> There's there's a conversation in the Toros. I think it was Toros. It was one of my locker rooms where they were like, I want to make a max earning player and invest as poorly as possible. (laughs) Just like, oh, that's good. As soon as you hit 200 TPE as your pitcher, just buy your fifth pitch. Yeah. (laughs) They're all at like 40, but I've got five of them at least. 
but hey, he's max earning, so that's can't can't fault him for that. Um, let's see, my so I'm pretty sure this is the same for all pitchers. Uh, from what I understand, the first pitch max is 95, the second is 85, the third is 75. Okay, and then pitch four is 70, pitch five is 60. So that that's a big reason why I had to rearrange my pitches because I didn't underscale understand how that scale works um, necessarily, but that's just how it is. So uh, really exciting to hit that max. I after looking at a lot of different pitchers in the PBE. And doing my own testing, I really wanted to go with a balanced approach in terms of movement and control, um, okay. have pretty de- decent stamina, and then try and get my one killer pitch as high as possible. Um, hence the circle change okay. all the way up to 71. Is uh, is stuff, is that a thing that you invest in or is that just generated by the game? Uh, generated by the game. And I believe it's a combination of, let me go into the edit here. It's a combination of your movement and the pitch pitch quality. I think control might be in there too. I don't know the exact formula. That's the end of the story, but it is, it is influenced by movement for sure. Um, and I'm not hundred percent sure what else goes into it, but it is generated by the game. Okay. Um, and what did you say your stamina was? Stamina is sitting at 60. I feel like that's going to be appreciated because of the slightly shortened schedule. Yeah, I think so too. And it's been nice that I've, I feel like I've gotten a decent number of innings for the most part um, thus far in the year, usually going like four or five, sometimes six innings, which is great. Um, Really saves the bullpen from having to send like a long reliever to eat, you know, three innings or something. Um, but I certainly would like to see more, you know, seven innings pitched, um, and someday right. get to my, you know, first full game and all that stuff. But, you know, I'll, I'll take where we're at for now. Um, yeah, there are some, uh, milestones that are going to be really fun for us to hit. Um, yeah. I mean, I've gotten a couple of them already this season, having my first walk off my first grand slam. And then yeah. I think last night or the night before, mm-hmm. but I think last night. I had my first multi home run game. Awesome. And I don't think I will ever have a three home run game. That'd be right. Impossible with my archetype. Yeah. But I was really hoping that my multi home run game would give me player of the game because that was the same night that you got your first player of the game. That's right. And looking at the stats, it was pretty funny because I had like a decent game. Um, it wasn't, wasn't like an incredible game by any shape, uh, way, shape or form, but then looking at all the other players, like nobody had a super standout game. So I kind of feel like I got a little consolation prize, but it's still a player of the game. So I'll take it. (laughs) Someone's got to get it. (laughs) Oh, which is pretty awesome. But, uh, it has been good to see, uh, Tosin kind of leveling out a little bit. Um, I was laughing with, uh, my GM, uh, LBG, as well as with you, uh, I never thought I would be celebrating getting below seven ERA and below a two whip, but I am celebrating. Right. It is good to get get it down to some uh, slightly more respectable numbers. Right. And one thing that's really apparent in the difference between the minors and the majors is TPE scaling for pitchers is really dramatic. Yeah. You know, like the the strikeouts per nine in the majors on average just goes way up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's cause you've got way more TP. Yeah. It's the, it's the whole scaling thing. Um, so 
interesting to it, it will be interesting to see how i finish off the year i don't have all of my numbers up like like you do uh for your sims but in running like 10 sims on this build you know i was sitting around like high three era which is really great for a starter um i had like one probably pitcher of the year type season and then i had one season kind of like this season where i was just absolutely awful so um It'll be interesting to see kind of where I end up. I am appreciative of the fact that I've been regressing to the mean a little bit Mm -hmm. um, and getting a little bit more respectable, not only metrics, but also just like looking at my games uh, box scores, Um, which is nice. And, you know, like like we said, the entire point of TPE is not to guarantee that you get better. It's to guarantee that the odds of you getting better improve. Right. So you and I just got to hope that next year we have a season as good as we've seen that it could be, you know, like one of my seasons I had like a 1.06 efficiency with like 10 zone rating or something. It's like, there's no way that I get that and don't get a gold glove. Right. Yep. No, I totally agree. Totally, totally agree. So, um, yeah, so we'll uh, let's wrap it up with uh, we'll see what happens with our players in the sim. And that's kind of the that's the reason why I hate this game so very much. But also, that <laughs> I also love it. It's a love hate thing. Um, and that's why it's actually fun to watch the streams and actually fun to chicken in on your box scores and see how you did. And if you were yeah. uh, you know, lucky or unlucky compared to what your projected average would be. Yeah. And speaking of unlucky, we did have an unfortunate stretch these last two days where there was a three game series between the Dillos mm. and Dallas. But because Giuseppe had pitched the one game before, yep. then the two pitcher, the three pitcher and the four pitcher came in. So we did not get another dose of Giuseppe versus Wallaby to add to the stat columns. It'll hopefully happen next time, but it was pretty hilarious to be texting about it. Hey, we're playing Dallas coming up. And I was like, I don't think we're actually going (laughs) to get to face each other at all. Right. Which is a bummer, but oh well. Just how it is. And then, hey, you know, while we might not necessarily make improvements from here through the next one and a half seasons, Mm -hmm. We are still going to stockpile probably something around the lines of 300-ish, 350, if we're lucky, TBE. And then uh, when we get called up, we get to just dump stuff in. So that's kind of exciting in anticipation instead of exciting in the now, you know? Yeah, yep, for sure. And we kind of were looking ahead at, you know, what kind of what kind of things we would potentially be spending it on, or do you want to give us just maybe a quick overview of kind of what you would look to do on that fateful day where you get to essentially double your TPE or, you know, close to it, depending on how much we earn. And when, right. You yeah. Up. We're kind of operating on the assumption that we'll get about 280 to 300 TPE between now and opening day as a yeah. rookie in the majors, just because we're both assuming that next year will be kept down. Mm-hmm. for for one more year um at least for the vandals i know that that's what happened to fuji yeah or at least i'm I'm pretty sure that's what happened to fuji yeah um and i don't see ace retiring this year mm-hmm. if he's not on the toros maybe he gets traded to get even more draft picks and just give a high tv shortstop to a team hoping to make a push mm-hmm. or something like that um so yeah, we're we're operating on the assumption that we'll enter the majors at between something like 620 and 650 
ish mm-hmm. TPE. Maybe it'll be higher if we're lucky. Who knows? Right. Um, so for me, I'm going to keep like all of my batting stats almost exactly the same, except yeah. I will bump both of my powers up to 50 because that's the maximum power I can get on that build. And I might as well just hit that box when I can, you know, right. check it off the list while might as well, while I have hundreds of TPE to invest. Um, and then after that, uh, I am going to commit to the bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to probably put, assuming I hit 625 total mm-hmm. TPE, which I think is a fairly conservative ish yeah. guess. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bump my speed up to 60 out of 70 mm-hmm. because in the testing that I have done, speed definitely helps out with fielding. You know, it makes sense. Just physically get to the yeah, ball faster sure. and from farther away. Um, the only reason I don't have it now is because it's hard for me to value points in speed with a minor league cap. So right. right. once that cap is lifted and I don't have an opportunity cost or as strict of an opportunity cost, Right. Uh, then I'll bump speed up to 60 out of 70. Uh, and then I will bump fielding range up to 85 out of 95. Nice. I'll bump fielding error up to 70 out of 90. Mm-hmm. I'll bump uh, fielding slash catching arm to 55 out of 80. And I'll bump turn double play to 60 out of 90. And with for those last four stats for range, error, arm, and double play, mm-hmm. If we get lucky with our TPE and we enter the league with something around 700 instead of 650, which I don't expect to happen, but you know, it could, who knows? I could take all five of those and bump, or sorry, all four of those and bump them up by five points each. And if I did that, by the time I get in the league, I think Jaeger Philly fan is nearing retirement. So he might not have perfect fielding stats anymore. Sure. But I could hypothetically enter the league and immediately be viable to start getting gold gloves. Right. Which would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be so cool. So. Can you not hear me? You sound farther away and echoey now. Oh. Well, how about now? That's better. Okay. That was very bizarre. Fun to have some tech issues on the back end. But as we saw with our uh, JSync answer to the prompt, show us your favorite walk-off. I think only two people are listening at this point. So shout out to you guys. (laughs) That's true. There was was some good walk-offs too. Yeah, I enjoyed watching them. Uh, I recognized at least one of them. um, So it was fun to relive that one and then learn a little bit about the other one. I'd, I saw the Bryce Harper one before. I had yep. not seen the San Fran one. Though. Right. Me neither. So much enjoyment off of that one. So, uh, yeah. So for my my build, hypothetical build, just looking at uh, dumping about the same amount in, I think I put six, uh, 16 in for some reason. I don't know why I did that exactly. But somewhere around there, um, looking at bringing my movement up to like 62, bringing my control up to 72, and then stamina and hold runners pretty much just being the same. Juicing my first pitch circle change all the way up to 86, which would be awesome. Uh, bringing my slider up to 62 and having my cutter at 52. With the plans of eventually adding a fourth pitch, 
um, potentially a fifth pitch at some point, but probably adding a fourth pitch, not until I'm around like maybe a thousand TPE or 750, somewhere in that ballpark, I would imagine. Um, Mm -hmm. But that, of course, is without any testing. So um, we'll see. Yeah, and and this is with us using 620 plus or minus a little bit as the mm-hmm. threshold. Like Dr. K used 616 to get mm-hmm. to the build that he put out. I used 625 to get to the build that I put out. And then if I bumped everything else up, if I bumped all of my fielding stats up by five, mm-hmm. then instead of being a 625 TPE total, it would go up to 725. So like it's not very likely at all that I'll hit sure. that. But I do think it's kind of fun and interesting that what you and I want to do, we both want to have one stat that we just dump points yeah. into. Yep. And I think that just from what I've seen in the league, as well as what I've seen just in playing OOTP proper, uh, is oftentimes you will have more success with a player if there is something that they're stellar at, as opposed to a player who is okay at everything. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that is in a, in a way that might be kind of the point of the archetype system, you know, mm-hmm. if everybody was allowed to just spend points wherever they want, there'd be yeah. a lot of people who don't specialize at all. And right. A, it might not be that effective, but more importantly, B, it'd just be boring. Right. Yep. No, I totally agree. So super fun. It's been, it's been awesome to hit our cap. It's been really fun to look forward to eventually being able to dump a bunch of TPE. Um, but for now, you know, like we've said, we're pretty much just kind of, you know, hanging pat uh, at 350 TP, still earning as much as we can, but knowing that we're just banking it for later. Nice. Yeah. But I mean, to some extent, this next three-ish months will be mm-hmm. the time to, you know, sit back, not not sit back and not do anything, but right, right. just enjoy the short-term fruits of our short-term labor. Yeah and then wait to cultivate the long-term fruits of our long-term labor. Exactly. So it will be a I lot of gold glove. Fun. That's right. Gold glove. I, I want to be I'm below gonna... 12 ERA at the end of the season. <laughs> you are right now. Yes. You I are am. not after game two. No, 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 no. I was, I was almost double that. No, I was double that. I was. Yeah. Weren't you like 27 or something? I think 29 ERA, I think, which is. <laughs> and you told me about a, a fun interaction that you had with SD core talking about <laughs> your, your stat line. Oh crap. What did I say? I was I talking about. I think, I think it was something like guys, I have an ERA of 179, and he was like, nice. And you're like, no, that's ERA, not ERA no, plus. That's right. That's what he it was. was. Like, I choose to believe ERA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good nerd joke. That's a really yeah. good one. But sweet. Well, anything else you want to bring up or talk about blow pop? Uh, well, in about three and a half hours, I will be on an airplane heading Woo-hoo! to Minnesota. Yeah. So, uh, Dr. K and I will get to see each other in real life. And yep. as a potential consequence, we don't know if there will be an episode next week. We're going right. to maybe try to figure out a way to record in person. Yep. But depending on, equipment that he might be able to find from a, uh, the facility he works at. Right. And depending on, you know, if we feel like phys- it and, 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 and how far apart we can physically be right just for, you know, safety protocols or right. whatever. Um, so there's, there's a 50, 50 chance that we have an episode. Either we right. have one or we don't. Yep. 
And if we don't, it'll be the first one in nearly three months where we haven't had one on our on on Friday. So right. So to all of our run. loyal listeners, uh, our thank you gift to you will be you don't have to listen yeah. to us next week. <laughs> Um, Thank you cards can be sent to either our J uh, Sync or uh, or Discord <laughs> yeah. would be fine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll 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 figure out if we have an episode next week. If we do yep. have an episode next week, it will be with both of us in yep. person, mm-hmm. which means that I won't have as easy a time of looking at my own stats. Yeah. So maybe it'll be a worse episode, but yeah, we'll see. And if we'll we don't. And if we don't end up recording an episode, uh, mm-hmm. Dr. K and I are just going to play a lot of Frisbee golf. So. Heck yeah. It's going to be awesome. It'll be, it'll be some good uh, in real life fun. Yeah. So, Coolio. Well, uh, thank you guys all for listening. We really appreciate it. We're sorry. Um, again, no episode next week, but I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Well, there might be an episode. We'll see. I don't, whatever. Possibly. We'll definitely see you in two weeks. Yeah, but barring some catastrophe. Yeah, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, cool. Uh, I think you know how to wrap this up, Lopop. Go 